0: Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. We are broadcasting live, well, live for me and Jesse Fury from our worldwide headquarters here in Blacksburg, Virginia. We are happy. We are here. We are bells on. We are snows starting to melt a little bit in this uh, part of the world. I know some of you guys up in New Jersey in the Northeast got like 38-something inches still snowing, I think, man. Jesse, I don't miss that. We, we, one year up in Jersey, it was great. Of course, right after we bought a building as a church, when we had to pay the snowplow guy, uh, you pay them by the inch above three inches, too, and it's, uh, it gets crazy. But uh, we had snow in drifts in front of my house from, I don't know, December until April. <laughs> like, I mean, like six foot high uh, snow <laughs> drifts. It just would melt snow some more I didn't just, realize yeah. New Jersey was so uh, snowy you know our first I think four or five years there or you know three or four years there was all slushy never really snowy. And then, uh, we bought a building and, uh, God's grace and, and Mm -hmm. providence and, uh, kindness to the snowplow guy. It, It snowed a lot for a few years. Even, even, uh, I would do the, um, the ice in the parking lot. We had a pharmacist and a dentist who rented a little bit of our building. And so we had to clear the parking lot by, you know, by law and for our tenants, um, you know, every time it snowed above a certain amount. And so we pay the snowplow guy to do it, but I didn't want to pay him to salt the lot as well. So I just got me a little spreader and I would get up at like five, six in the morning and go to the building and I would do the lot myself. Uh, it was a good workout, really, a really it's good like workout. Adventures of a church
1: planter. Or- yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, we were kind of a church even yeah. at that yeah. time. And, and, you know, several hundred people. And, uh, but I loved doing it because it was a great workout. I'd soak through a sweatshirt and it would be like, even like five degrees. And I would just, you know, do take an hour and a half. I to mean, it's like five lot. degrees. Now and you have a T-shirt. On. I know I don't get cold, man. <laughs> that, that was the first time in my life I got cold. Uh, Jesse, what do you got on today? Some uh, oh, s- some Timberlands. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, yeah. The new
1: gospel underground vest. Yes, this thing is, yes. Mm, some drip, drip,
0: drip. Some. uh some select friends are going to get that drip Ooh. here soon. Uh, maybe if you it's write looking, us at info nice. at gospelunderground we might show you some love too. Ooh, that's nice, man. Yeah, well, I hey, like it a lot. Thanks for like uh, thanks for being my pastor. Thanks for uh, you know. Our... I like the way you introduce
1: me. Yeah, I was thinking that when you
0: you say my name like I'm I'm a. Uh... Jesse Fury, like an anime character or something, right? Yeah, right. Or, or a wrestler. Yeah, Jesse Fury, not like hey, you, wrestler. Hey, when you have the name, um, you you have the name. You could have been a professional I wrestler. Could have been a A little more hey, mass in the upper well, upper pectoral. I could just be very, hey, <laughs> slow down a little bit, okay. <laughs> you don't know what's under this vest hey we're talking about resistance today why are we <laughs> hey uh tell tell me a little bit about how things are going you quit social media but well, you said really. you saw okay, some of my okay. posts okay. or something
1: so, <laughs> so i haven't quit yet i'm quitting social media i'm actually trying to figure out quit ish <laughs> <Or, laughs> sounds like a harry potter I'm trying, game i'm trying to figure out the um the best way to do it yeah okay yeah. so i'm definitely i'm gonna cut facebook instagram and twitter i'm gonna keep you know the, the ones that keep me connected with people that i'm I'm actually in my church or yeah, in yeah, Bonhoeffer yeah. House. Um, but I'm trying to figure out, I, I've, I've written something. Ah. My personal defense, my personal uh, position paper on my manifesto, if you will. Less <laughs> yeah, social media or quitting social media. And some of it's very personal and then some of it's a little bit broader. And I'm trying to figure out. I was telling my wife Jenny about that yesterday. I said, "Yeah, I've been working on my paper to." Post. She's like, "You're going to post that on social <laughs> oh, media?" Social media, of course. Where else and I was like, "Yeah, of course, That's social media. That's how you get the word She's out like, I don't to lots of people." Do that. So now I'm really, I'm really questioning what I'm going to do. But
0: well, hey, you've inspired uh, many of our listeners. I've heard from one friend who said, "I'm following Jesse on trying to get off Facebook." Well, even even this guy, right? This guy right here, I've deleted facebook from your phone app, or your, and from my phone and, and iPad. my ipad wow, completely gone big. i've gone i've i've really been going on maybe once every few days which has been really good and I, my objections to facebook have a lot to do with their uh, insidiously evil tracking policies where that's they, in my that's in my manifesto it's in your manifesto yeah. it's really bad yeah. and i'm telling myself that their facebook Proper app because they have these hooks and you know you guys should never use log into other websites using Facebook. Don't do that, right? Because then they, everybody else tracks you and gives their information back to Facebook, and the and the train goes on. I I try to convince, convince myself that Instagram's not as bad as the Facebook Facebook, even though it's owned by Facebook. But it's gone, man, and and I've really really been on it a whole lot less, yeah. and that's been really good. I I still think I want to share things with people. Through social media, um, but I've I've tried to keep these kind of rules in mind. Encourage, don't fight with people. When you see something, be a blessing to others. Um, be a friend, not a foe. Those kind of ideas. Um, but hey, I, I, I'll read your paper. just yeah, you can, you just, you can print it on a piece of paper, I, <laughs> and bring it to <laughs> my, my, my backpack, <laughs> and just hand go. it out to people.
1: There Here's why go. I'm not on social media, there friend. There we there should you, you should go. let me do a do a gospel underground where I can make my case. Hey, the manifesto. The manifesto. Yeah, we, yeah, <laughs>
0: absolutely, we'll do that. We'll. We'll. We'll do that for sure. Well, Jesse, um, last time we talked about resisting misinformation, and and we were talking beforehand. I really think it was one of the more important episodes of the Gospel Underground. If you didn't listen to episode, it's Gospel Underground 101 in the borderlands between the church and culture. How do we resist being lied to by people and forces that really want to lie and deceive people, or at least uh, manipulate and use people, particularly as followers of Jesus? And so we are coming around the mountain, so to speak, Jesse, in this series we've been doing for many months on this idea. Everyone wants to talk about resistances, right? Mainly in a political conversation in America. But this idea of being a, uh, a small community that has allegiances elsewhere, sojourning in Babylon, thinking we want to be relevant, faithful, Christians in the midst of any cultural place that we're found. Why do we do that? We want to influence others for the kingdom of God and be a refuge. We're on that refuge uh, trip on our last few episodes here that we know we have to resist certain things in different cultural moments. Our moment, lust for power, lust for pleasure, people that want to disregard human beings and their rights and the way we, the erosion of our humanity that's happening in our public discourse. We have to resist that misinformation last time. But our last few episodes in this series will be about refuge, and today we're talking about being a people and creating a place, right? A people in place of refuge. This obviously has an Old Testament tradition where the sojourner and the stranger among you. How would were the covenant people of God in the Old Testament to treat others? Um, and I do believe in a modern. Contemporary Western setting where we live in America, uh, there are opportunities for our lives, if we're a certain kind of people, our families, if we're a certain kind of family. Our churches can be refuge in the wilderness of the world, so to speak, uh, as sojourners traveling through might meet Jesus and find uh, love and respect that. And to me, you know, I know I've lost, I lost some Twitter followers, even some friends who didn't like me hashtagging never Trump and things like that. But for me, the thing that was most offensive about that, po- this political moment, um, obviously January 6th, uh, has its terribleness, uh, loss of life, uh, treatment of others the the misleading uh, mis uh, misdirection and deceptions that were people were guiding people but to me the utter lack of respect and kindness towards others that came from the very top is i think what grounded to me over time the most i mean I've told you i didn't I didn't vote a certain way either time um, because of you know not just character matter of course character matters you know you have you know bad guys leading they might do bad things, but um just the the way that uh Christians jumped on board with someone treating others that way when we're supposed to be a people where uh, of hospitality and welcome and kindness and gentleness and respectfulness man I just couldn 't get with that and so this idea of refuge right we we used to say this um. At our church in New Jersey, it was in our membership classes that that mission takes place. We follow Jesus' mission in different spheres that are overlapping. You can get Kuyperian on the spheres on that stuff, but home, church, city, right? Uh, There is a reality in the Bible of home. Now, obviously, you can get too caught up with family. We'll say this right at the beginning and at the end, is like, look, we're not only about moms, dads, kids, grandparents, that kind of thing, but the Bible is about those things while including sojourners and friends and uh, lifelong callings to singleness, celibacy, and service of God in, as part of the church family, right, as a people of refuge. Today, we're going to look at uh, what we have called, we even did a series, I have a, a family worship guide called this too, Jesse, we called The Home Team like I think it makes me really happy when I see some of my friends uh, you know I think of the shellac family if you're listening Ben and Jess when they when I see the shellac home team uh, because we call our family the Monaghan home team that's kind of a cultural thing at, at our church that we had in New Jersey And we still do our kids know that we had songs about it as little kids we're talking about that today family is hard all of us maybe um have difficult stories from our upbringing or difficult, uh, scenes that they have maybe in your memory from family that maybe aren't refugee or cozy. Um, but it doesn't mean right. That we cannot be about creating homes and families that could be a refuge for ourselves and, and our friends and those around us.
1: Yeah. I like that a lot. Read the, the, the idea that, um, obviously Uh, every home is not a refuge. Every family is not safe. Every, um, every even house is not, is not a safe place. In fact, uh, some of the, the worst wickednesses happen in in homes, behind closed doors. And, and, and our call as as Christians faithful to Christ and faithful to our King is, uh, is not an either or it's not either, uh, uh, a kind of uh, unthinking embrace or right. a, a total rejection. I, I think really it's uh, to embody an alternative to the wickedness, right? That's to, right. That's right. And to cer- pr- provide hospitality and home. Yeah.
0: And certainly. Um, God creates uh, homes or the the envision. And by that, we don't mean like a certain type of domicile or dwelling that, you know, you might be listening to this. Uh, some of my friends may be in Man- Manhattan or Harlem or something. You've got like a, you feel like you live in a, in a, in a four by four you know, box and you're paying 4,000 a month for it or something. Um, some of you may have, you know, you know, a yard or something or apartments. I'm not talking about that when I talk about home, we're talking about this place of belonging. Of formation um, that flows from the marriage covenant that God uh, has established on the earth for all people right for for blessing uh, it can be hard, it can be difficult it can be terrible I, we 've even thought about this like what it would be like if during covid when you 're you 're bound at home it, it that could be very scary and difficult for lots of people. But what we want to do today, Jesse, is give a little challenge, right? I, um, I was an amateur wrestler. I'm still involved in the wrestling world in some ways and love that. And so I love challenge. Somebody says, hey, let's go run through a wall together. Like, yes, what time? Let's do it. Let's challenge ourselves. And so I was drawn to a writer named G.K. Chesterton uh, early on in my Christianity. And, and one of my favorite quotes from his book, Orthodoxy, I want to throw out early Cause he, cause he gives a charge to get it on. And now he's not talking about let's get it on kind of thing, or, well, maybe to make a family, you might, you might have to get it on, um, with a ring on. Right. But that's another episode. That's another episode. Yeah. We'll call that episode 200 getting it on. Um, but he talks about like, Hey, getting after life. And you have to look at this world in a certain way with all of its despair and darkness and difficulty and ugliness, but also all its potential for god 's redemptive power and to have strength to be optimistic, hopeful to move forward in something and, and maybe you 're in a situation today where you think man i 'm yeah I want a family don 't have a family, or my family 's a real mess or 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 my wife or my husband is terrible or whatever it might be. Hope can rise in any situation and circumstances. And I think Chesterton writes this so well. So I'll read you. Confession, I'm guilty of reading long quotations. I'm going to do it right now, but hopefully it'll fire you up. He says, I know this feeling fills our epoch. I think it freezes our epoch for our titanic purposes of faith and revolution. You ready, Jesse? Uh, What we need is not a cold acceptance of this world as a compromise, but in some way we can heartily hate it, and heartily love it. We do not want joy and anger to neutralize each other and produce a surely contentment. We want a fiercer delight and a fiercer discontent. We have to feel the universe is at once an ogre's castle to be stormed, but yet your own cottage to which you return. At an evening. No one doubts that an ordinary man could get on with this world, but we demand not strength enough to get on with it, but strength enough to get it on, right? Can you hate it enough to change it, yet love it enough? to think it worth changing. Can he look on the colossal good without feeling acquiescence? Can he look upon colossal evil without once feeling despair? Can he, in short, be it not only a pessimist and an optimist, but a fanatical pessimist and a fanatical optimist? Is he pagan enough to die to the world and enough of a Christian to die to it? It is in this combination, I maintain, it's the rational optimist who fails. It's the irrational optimist who succeeds. He is ready to smash the whole universe for the sake of itself. And for us, when we think, well, home's hard, you know, there's divorce and domestic violence, and we have to look at that with a fierce discontent, but yet say, hey, we we have a chance here uh, to build something good and beautiful we can build the refuge
1: of home. I love that. And of course that that's, um, maybe not, um, certainly one of the most famous quotes from Chesterton is buried right there in the middle. We have to feel the universe at once as an ogre's castle This is one of your favorites. Yeah. I, I think yeah. I've heard it from you yeah. multiple times An ogre's castle to be stormed. And yet as our own cottage to which we can return at evening. And, and I think that that summarizes a, um, really a Christian posture towards both the world and the home. Uh, yeah. you know, that, that, that it 's not a complacency or passivity it 's not a, a a sort of well well it 's just bad you know, let 's quit let 's give yeah. up yeah. yeah what will be will be but it's uh it's it's this um energy to build that 's right uh, while at the same time um, uh recognizing we 're not just building uh we 're not just building out there yeah. we 're not trying to transform out there before we're, yeah. we're 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 working here.
0: Are we willing to say that my apartment, my townhouse, my brownstone, my house, my whatever I live in, condominium, uh, can we make a cottage, um, that we could return to at evening? Because look, guys, the world is cold. The world is harsh. If you can build together such a way that, that isn't perfect, right? Family's hard. Marriage is hard. Uh, that learns to live a gospel rhythm of love and forgiveness, kindness, uh, through difficulty, you can have something that's just a massive blessing to you, your kids, your children's children and others uh, outside of our family.
1: So, and it's massively countercultural right now in our, in our moment to, to be, uh, dedicating that, that much energy into building because we live in a, 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 I think a a moment of deconstruction where we want to, where where we're dismantling. And and there are certain times where things need to be deconstructed and dismantled. Uh, but if, if, uh, if there 's not also something being built if there 's yes. if there 's not the energy being being uh dedicated and, and committed to getting it on to, yeah, to, that's to right. building a home that 's right uh, then you can, you could kind of deconstruct it then there 's nothing left yeah it 's like okay, we
0: need to set fire to evil wicked things right let 's tear them down let 's burn yeah. it all down, yeah. so to speak, but that move alone is is wicked because it doesn 't give thought to love people and to care for others like we have to build things together uh that can bring life and flourishing uh to us and 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 those around us so but marriage is an all-time low this is from the spring of 2020 in the midst of the early days of the pandemic article in the wall street journal said marriage rates plunged to lowest level on record ever so that means like less people uh marrying which uh builds homes right if you build good marriages build homes so there's a this even though this is a foundational institution transculturally right this is given uh pre-fall in the book of genesis marriage is given to men and women around the world no matter what religion we're looking at it's a it's a good it's a common, common grace, grace good yeah. to all people it's foundational institution but it it It's not being uh, entered into right now because I think people make it as kind of like a Maslow thing where, like, I get my needs met and this is about my personal happiness and satisfaction, maybe money. I've talked to people say, oh, I can't get married, I don't have any money. I was like, well, I And when I got married, I not have any money at all, actually. It was, I still don't have any Yeah, much. I still don't have any <laughs> But you can pool resources, right? But yeah. So marriage, even though it's a foundational institution, common grace given by God has enemies. Jesse, you read a couple of these links we'll put in the show notes about those advocating, right? Advocating for abolishing families. Uh, across the board what do you think about that uh thing is like
1: hey six steps to abolish the family on commune magazine that's right you get a link to that in the show notes it's wild so it's it's the idea that and this is what we were talking about before about uh when when we when we see evils being done within the family when people are maybe um uh evil's been done to them or they they don't feel like they have a um it's a power a and control, place. And it's a pa- yeah. Oppression, institution. Yeah. That, that the alternative is, at least in this article, is to build communes to to kind of fight against the return of the family. Um, you know, to abolish family and have permanent communes of you know. And and, and I just think that this is, um, you know, this runs counter to the way to, to the grain of the universe that God's created, the way He's He's made us to uh, to be basically. Well, we don't come. You know, come except by family, right? That's right. That's right. Or, or by a sense of home and togetherness, right? And it
0: kind of gives this idea of like families are little are little communities, right? Of hopefully, again, we're going to talk optimistically of loyalty. Uh, protection yeah. provision right in a world that isn't full of everybody wanting to put you know daisies in your hair and sing sing kumbaya a world that is difficult harsh and sometimes you do need refuge right and so the idea that you know this is another article opendemocracy.net coronavirus is show, you know killing the, people are getting married less let's just go ahead and kill it right let's go ahead and kill off we we want to resist that idea because the family can be a beautiful Refuge, right? Homes, homes that can make a cottage refuge for kids, for us, and for other people. Now, there's some shocking things that you learn if you actually look into uh, studies on marriage and family. Brad Wilcox at University of Virginia uh, has a think tank institution where he studies marriage. If you you don't follow Brad Wilcox on if you're on Twitter, um, he's a great Twitter follower because he's not like flaming people he's publishing research and links and things like that and uh, some things you know like the national fatherhood initiative I've mentioned often even on this podcast certainly uh, from uh, preaching in the past that the 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 involvement of fathers and families The involvement of shaping homes is a positive good for human beings. Across the board, the fatherhood facts always say this. If dad's involved, you know, less teen pregnancy, less drug abuse, higher educational attainment, less incarceration, all that. Just true. Same thing is shocking. I read this thing from the Institute of Family Studies. Uh, What unites most graduates of, like, high-end colleges? Well, intact families, right? And that's not, well, of course, their privilege, whatever, not always a case, like in in the sense that many of our uh, higher ed- education institutions are inviting all kinds of people, uh, you know, lower income people like <laughs> like me, Jesse, or maybe look at Kylene um, into context. But yet the the support that students receive. Uh, from their families and from their communities we 'll talk about that we 're not talking about look hide the nuclear family we 're not to, well, next week we 'll talk about extend that into a broader community right that has old people, young people, single people, married people, all that together for the good of all. Um, they found that the support that people receive makes them educationally perform at a high level and so one good thing uh, Jesse, and this is in a recent article. In the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Marriage with family at its center. I saw this on Wilcox's Twitter. I think he even wrote this article. He wrote the article. Yeah, he wrote this article. Um, the, The change of what people are reporting about marriage and family during coronavirus, whereas before people are looking at it like, you know, uh, like a romantic comedy movie where you're going to get your needs and romantic and happiness needs. Right? Now people are seeing the family more as a place where can take care of each other. Um, it's your little pod during, during COVID, right? Where you, mm. your crew, so to speak. And, it, and if that place can be supportive, you know, I know for our kids, you know, supporting our kids through like, Hey, zoom school, what does a snow day mean on zoom school? Well, it changes stuff i don't know why but it does and you know my 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 daughter Kyleen, who likes things a certain way uh we've been able to support her and her frustrations up close with zoom school and encourage kids to do their homework encourage kids not to float off cuz think about it man if you're if you don't have much home support right now and you're a student that that's one of the concerns in the public The public schools, right. is like kids just disappearing. And what does that mean for generations without getting education because of this reality? So the family has become really important as a place of, uh, you know, marriage to say, Hey, let's support the family and not simply be about me or my happiness. And so, um, divorce is down because of that too. Uh, Nobody's kind of like, Hey, let's get out of here because like it's a really uncertain time. So what are the things then Jesse? We'll just talk about a few today. Um, about uh, uh, the things that the family gives us, or potentially gives us at least. First of all, there's financial and mutual support that's possible, um, working and sharing the fruits of our labor. Jesse, you want to read that? This is a text in the New Testament. Yeah, this
1: is Ephesians 4:25 through 28. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we, we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Okay, this passage, right? Hey, let's do
0: honest labor, right? Make a living so that we might have something to share. Now, this path is not just about, hey, providing for your own, which we should, we'll get, that, get to that in a second, but to be able to help others in need. You see, if if things are being uh, accomplished as a family unit, the family can help other people who might have needs, and this is something that over the years uh, we've received from people. Like a lot of people have been helping our family because Casey's been recovering yeah. uh, from, from surgery, people helping us just move forward because it's, it's hard to to juggle everything when someone in the family is down, but also being able to extend help to other people specifically personally uh in your own community um certainly our church does that uh churches I've been involved in, in the past do this um household care people say, well, you shouldn't just care about your family well we're kind of kind of called to by by God. And and this is an interesting text in the in the New Testament, Jesse. It's in First Timothy five. And the context of this is actually caring for widows. You want to just explain to us briefly, put you on the spot here, Pastor. Pastor Fury. Uh in the New Testament era, what was widow care? What was that about? Why were, were they helping? Was this just like, hey, you should help old ladies? What did that
1: mean? Yeah, so you know, in the biblical times, really, it's not just New Testament, but if you you go back all the way to the law, uh, it's not like today where you can be a widow and you're living off a pension or or your uh, or life insurance, or you can just get a job at you know yeah. wherever yeah. is hiring. Um, right. You know, at this point, you you've you've if you're a widow, you've maybe spent your life committed to one person, committed to a family in the home. And then now your source of income, your source of care, your source of food, your source of provision uh, is gone. And there's the, in the marketplace going out to
0: work in the fields or, you know, yeah,
1: that's right. And so you, you have examples like, uh, like Ruth where uh, you know, her husband dies and uh, and now she's going to have to go out into the field and she's gleaning. There's not like a, you know, um, a, a job market for the young widow. It's like, well, she's going to go behind the hired hands. Right. Uh, now, of, co- of course, the law, provides for that says hey if you miss stuff leave it yeah because, to take care of people to take care of the widows to take care of yeah. the foreigners and the sojourners um and so so yeah widows in the first century uh are are not um not that it's e- ever easy to be a widow right uh, but there 's not a there 's not a kind of financial job market out there for them yeah. and
0: in 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 any society that 's compassionate or caring to take care of people who maybe are or elderly or lost their ability to have income uh taking care of one another. This is something that even in our own political right discussions people get into right because everyone who says, "Hey, we should help people
1: yeah. um,
0: I believe they 're sincere it 's just like how do you do that and so the New Testament was trying to uh hey, how do we help widows? How do we uh, assume that some people might take advantage of the system? That's right. And then how do we help people that really need help? And so that's the context of this. And it assumes something and then commands something that's necessary, Right, in order to help others, Uh, this is in First Timothy five. Honor widows who are truly widows, but if a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, uh, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. She who is truly a widow, left all alone, who has set her hope on God and continues in supplication and prayers night and day, but she who is self indulgent is dead even while she lives. Command these things as well. So that they may be without reproach so the context here is like look i joke with my kids you know all the time because like if my kids fill up the fill up a car with gas that they need for like it costs 17 bucks i give them like 25 bucks it's like a dad tax but in the reverse i give my daughters money i love to do that um, not a lot because you know you can't give them so much but i love to say hey here's 25 bucks you know transfer it to their little bank account for mm-hmm. their thing and then i i joke with them i think like, someday i'll have no teeth i'll be shuffling around your basement then you could take care of me. Yep. I'm not even kidding, right? I'm not even kidding. They're not kidding. And Tommy is like, You live in my basement, dad. We'll watch soccer games <laughs> together. I'm like, Yeah, hey, man, I'm with you, dog. Um, this this was assumed, right? If you had children yeah. or grandchildren, take care of each other, yep. right? Um, and if, look, somebody who's truly left alone, take the church, then the community, That's right. take care of them. This, though, uh, depends on something, 1 Timothy 5 8. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially members of his own household. He has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And so there's nothing wrong. In fact, it's very right for us to feel a duty to provide for our own household and and to be a community where people take that responsibility very seriously. You know why? Because when you have that, you have a refuge. And when you have that refuge, it can be extended Outward to others. We'll talk about that in our next uh, episode, uh, Jesse. So, financial and mutual supporting of one another is part of a family that can be a refuge to us and to others. And then, secondly, encouragement and hope. You know what? You put five, six people in a home together. uh, Some people are going to be down. Some people are going to be up. Some people are going to have hard days. Some people have good days. Um, This is a reality that I think is one of the um, obviously COVID-19 has been devastating for so many Um, loss of life, loss of uh, connections, loss of income, loss of businesses. Um, Certainly these things have been heavy there have also been, uh, kindness and goodness, uh, that have flowed with us in the midst of that. And certainly, um, I've experienced, you know, the presence that we've had with our, our kids, right. As one of those, there's a sustaining and living together. That's been more immediate. Let's say, uh, it also can be difficult, but it's been a huge, huge
1: blessing to us that we actually just share
0: life together. Um, there's yeah. Al-
1: yeah go ahead i was I was going to say that the idea of um of hope being connected to the home um I think it it can't be overstated at least in the sense of what's possible yeah. um even you remember we've talked about hope here before and and I think I mentioned uh, uh in the most unlikeliest of places, which is the book the road by cormac McCarthy yeah uh, that he uses this metaphor, this picture of carrying the fire. You know are are we carrying the fire that we're the good people we're carrying the fire We're not going to do what the bad people are doing but in in essence, what keeps them going, even a kind of post post apocalyptic bleakness of yeah. uh, the setting of that of that story is the, the the father and the son they have each other, yeah, and so wherever they are even if it's the most despairing of crazy place, right? yeah uh there's still there's still a sense of belonging, and so they can continue to carry the fire for they can continue to have hope and in fact in the end, uh, well, not to give it away, but, um, the hopelessness is to be alone, to be, uh, to not have a home, to not, to not belong. And the, and the hope is carried on, uh, when there's a a new sense of belonging. That's right. That's right. To quote the country music
0: prophets, Alabama, somebody has to keep the home fires burning. I learned that from my wife. I don't listen to country music, but my wife and oldest do. We also share wisdom, right? Um, we counsel each other. We ask. We run stuff by each other. Yeah. Um, one of the things I've really enjoyed is seeing my, mainly my two oldest, counsel their friends, and they'll come to me, Dad. What would you say in this circumstance? I'll give some ideas, and then I, they'll go talk to their friends. And so, she, and then, and then, of course, I ask my kids now for advice because they're grown. They're more grown, and I'm like, Hey, what do you think about this? And how? And my oldest encouraged me the other night when I had a moment of like discouragement, mm. of whether or not, hey, my life mattered. Do I do anything? And she's like just saying really encouraging things, right? That sharing of hope. What is, what is true generations modeling, right?
1: Um, there's a, there's a, um, I'm not recommending this song. Don't listen to it around kids. <laughs> uh, but Pusha T has a song called um, Coming Home that he does with Lauren Hill, who who yeah. hasn't made music in forever, but she came out for this song. And her, her, uh, her core, her refrain, uh, she says, um, when love is, and it's all about home. Yeah. When love is gone, you hold on to anything. Wow. Some do wrong just to feel anything. But when the void is filled, you stand up to anything. When love is real, you can do anything. Wow. Now, I won't sing it because Lauren Hill, you can't, you know, <laughs> you don't want me singing that. You want Lauren Hill singing that. But the idea yeah. there, the wisdom Amen. too of like, um, when you can come home and that void is filled, yeah. you have courage you have wisdom, you know what's good and what's bad. You you're not just latching on to and holding yeah. on to anything. So I, I wanted to balance out the yeah. Alabama Yeah, please do. with some Lauren
0: Hill. Please do. <laughs> uh keep our feet under <laughs> us, Jesse. But yeah, it's this idea of sharing life, sharing wisdom, sharing hope, uh sharing victories and successes. You know, there's a there's a goofy phrase that goes around the high school where kids make fun of other kids and call them a tryhard. Like it's a you you're just a tryhard. Like it's a pejorative, like put down. And so early on when I heard my kids, you know, mention that, I was like, Hey, yeah, just anybody says that to you ever, ever just look at them said, yep, I'm trying hard. Life matters. Your life matters. Let's get trying hard. Right. Cause there's no shame in it. And so one of the things we, 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 we debated about putting this in our house or not, but in our kitchen, we have this little, you know, I don't know what it is, a little picture that just has some letters on it. It says, just be awesome. And, uh, and by that, we don't mean like, hey, it's unacceptable for you to get a B or something. That's that kind of goofy stuff. We don't do, the, our kids actually do that to themselves. So we have to make sure they're not being ridiculously hard on themselves. But we like trying to be awesome. Let's be good for each other. Let's go do something good for the world. Let's let's celebrate achievement, right? It's like there's nothing wrong with trying hard, doing good work, cheering for one another, and rejoicing with those who rejoice. Man, we, we celebrate that. Um, I, I, my kids know, you know, Kayla and I, you know, text each other how we're each other's biggest fans. I love that, man. I have no apologies for that, that my daughter thinks I'm great and I think she's great. Um, but that is that is some hard-earned, lots of time, lots of energy with each other uh, getting on each other's nerves, me saying stupid stuff to a teenage girl, uh, her telling me that I'm being stupid and me repenting and, and likewise, right. All the stuff mm-hmm. it's, there's no utopia yeah. in human affairs, but dang it. Those successes, man, we, we're, we're proud. We're proud of our kids for what they're doing and we're, we thank God for it. And we can do that. Why? Cause we're a
1: home team. And, sh- you know, sharing So sharing victories and successes has the, uh, the flip side of the coin, right? That uh, has to home, Gives you the encouragement and the hope of being able to share your sorrows. That's right. That's and, right. Um, you know, I, I experience this all the time where uh, it, a minor sorrow, it feels uh, impossible to carry alone. Yeah. but Minor a ma- sorrows get multiplied oh, inside yeah. of
0: us too, right? Yeah. yeah but but a,
1: a major sorrow shared with someone who actually, my wife, my kids, mm-hmm. a family, someone who really loves me and is in it with me. Yeah. Uh man, I could you know that's a that's a that's a light burden. Say those two things together without me interrupting. Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, a minor sorrow, suffering it alone is impossible. Yeah. But but a major sorrow shared, I I can keep going.
0: Oh man, yeah, absolutely. And it, and you, you can you even can see uh, the significance in carrying a major burden together because of the the love that emerges and the support that's necessary from God and each other just becomes massive. This is obviously. In the Bible, yeah. rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn. It's, if somebody has like, how do I be a better counselor to people? How do I sit with people better who are going through difficulty in travel? was like, look, mourn with those who mourn. When someone is sad, right? We pray, we lament, we weep. Uh, when someone's happy, let them sing psalms of praise, right? Like let when, when it's up, let's chest bump, run around the house and celebrate, yeah. you know, whatever it might be as a yeah. family. And then when something's really hard, right? When things uh, perish, when mistakes are made, when pain is felt and, and maybe caused, um, then we, we mourn together.
1: And then of course, Jesus gives us not only the invitation to this, but the ultimate, um, embodiment of this when he says, uh, uh, really to come and take on my yoke. My yoke is easy and light. Um, but he's also at the same time saying, take up your cross and follow me. And, and the experience of the Christian is the, the experience of sharing in the sorrows and sufferings of the one who has come down to share in my sorrows and sufferings, That's right. uh, enlightens it. It lifts That's the right. burden because... Uh, because of course he's carrying it, and he's with us right? Yep. There's
0: so much blessing from the presence of god we when I'm most depressed and sad uh and down i I forget the presence of God, and so the mediation of his presence, whether that's through his word, through the sacraments, through his people um brings a salve to me if i if I perk up enough to listen, right yeah someone comes and gets me in my hole um we need to be that kind of people for each other. And this requires, right? This requires not pe- perfect people can't, right? We're all broken, flawed, sinful. We all have down deep downs and, and high ups. Um, but it does require right this, this tension between being able to kind of carry some stuff in life. I think about it as a man, like in my worst moments when I'm so depressed or down, I don't want to do anything. I was like, well, some people need me. Yeah, like, I can't collapse into nothingness because of these people that need me. I'm a man, right? That, and I don't mean that in some machismo BS kind of way. I mean, hey, I got to stand with God here for these folks. But at the same time, if there's no brothers, there's no family, there's no wife, there's no people who where I can come undone, then there's a problem. I think this is balanced, Jesse, in the Bible quite beautifully, uh, even in the language of the Bible in Galatians chapter six, where. Talks about the difficulties of life and how we need each other, but at the same time, you got to be able to carry something. Uh, This is in Galatians 6 1 through 5. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, doing sinful, stupid stuff, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness, but keep watch on yourself lest you too be. Tempted. Here's the here's the couplet: Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ, the law of love. Love one another, love God. Bearing burdens of each other, right? When something is cripplingly heavy, and the language of the Bible is clear here, when something is a burden that's going to crush you, bear each other, help help carry it up the hill together. Um, but then it says, "But each one to test his own work, and then his reason to boast himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load." So you got your backpack, your little load, you you should be able to carry that. And but yet when something hits someone or or us that's just crushing, uh you need to have others bearing that with with us. So refuge of the home, mutual financial support, encouragement and of hope and then bearing burdens and the frustrations of life not alone but together up close.
1: Can I can I mention something here that's related to these things that I think is um is worth Exploring, maybe we'll explore it next time. Yeah. Um, and, and that is that uh, the the place of of a mom or a wife in the home, a woman in the home, is a place of prominence. And so I I wonder, e- even thinking through this idea of, of of focusing on the home in our churches has a real place uh, that's ripe to focus because we're not talking about particularized contextual agenda gender roles. Right. 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 We're talking about a family where, where, when, when we think about financial and mutual support, encouragement and hope and bearing burdens and frustrations, um, these aren't, uh, only masculine things. They're together things. Exactly. Absolutely. And, yeah. So I, anyway, I'm just, I'm curious to Absolutely. step into that a little bit next time.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, Obviously we're in a, a culture that wants to say there are no differentiations between males and females and in some ways that are so injurious and hurtful uh if we continue in this direction. Uh, but also, there's the beauty of the Bible, of the, the the men and women togetherness thing, building things together. And this has nothing to do with who does what household That's tasks. Right. Yeah. This has to do with building together as a unit, right? There's a team, there's a home team that we're on the same team. Um, and God says a lot about that in the scriptures, um, but he never devalues one or the other or puts these things where men should feel bad for being men or women should be to thinking of themselves and only a certain way that the diversity of those callings, uh, don't exempt us from this together building That's of, right. of families. Yeah. Um, and,
1: and, and a hundred percent. And I, I just, I was, I'm listening to you and, and even myself and just thinking about Jenny and our family and just how <laughs> uh, these things are, are, Are just they're pulled out without that, you know. That's
0: right. Oh yeah, it's it's a thread that is ruinous. Yeah. So and, and even look here, all all our ladies listening in. Here's the thing: there's a lot of pressure on you. There's pressures on you from all kinds of sides. You may feel religious pressures that you have to conform to some some image that you've received through church culture. Uh, there's pressure on you from, from the world that says that if you choose to say, use your intellect gifts, talent, quan, high level game in the life of your children, right? Staying maybe at home with them, that you're somehow abandoning your gender or doing something evil against, uh, what feminism should accomplish. We know this, we see this. Um, so you kill it in business. But don't think anything uh, if you feel a draw to love your babies that you should feel bad about this, right? But We build that together. Jesse and I probably have a similar view on this in the sense that we, you know, I have high, I have high achieving female young people that have come up in my house. That, yeah, do whatever you want, be president. Um, but also despise not, uh, if you, yeah. if you want to be a mom, yeah. these things are, are unique to your calling. Uh, we just want to support you go kill it, make bank. So it, contribute to the family, be the Proverbs 31 woman, who's actually a businesswoman. Um, but if you feel called to school your children and to invest in your household, and, uh, Indispensable. It is the Beautiful. thread, without which there there is no uh, family.
1: Speaking of a thread, <laughs> if I could, if I could <laughs> take us here uh, in the scriptures, the story of the scriptures. I was thinking in, in leading up to this uh, recording, read about the thread of home, that that uh, really the the the, the biblical storyline of the work of redemption. Sometimes is communicated in a kind of uh, Milton esque way of Paradise, paradise lost, lost, Paradise yeah. Regained, classic poem. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, that's right. And you could go creation, fall, redemption, restoration. However you think yeah. of that that biblical kind of storyline of redemption, um, one way that I think is is faithful to the text and maybe even primary is the idea of home lost and then home regained. Yeah, uh, that that if you if you think about just getting to paradise. Uh, that's not really what we want. We don't mm-hmm. just want the the paradise place. We want a paradise place where we belong. That's right. Where that's right. where we're welcomed in, where that's we're right. loved. And you you think about the par the, the parable of the prodigal son and this, the centrality not just of the story in the Christian history and Christian imagination, but any great story in in a sense from uh, Odysseus yeah. you know, to to modern, you know, Ulysses or Ulysses if Irish, you're Latin. Yeah. Yeah, or, or, or yeah, uh, 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 you're thinking of James Joyce. That's right. Yeah. I'm reading right. a book on yeah. Irish literature right now. Um, Or, or yeah. if you're thinking about modern, like some of the music I listen to, Phoebe Bridgers has this song, Chinese Satellite, where yeah. she's, a, she's an atheist. She doesn't believe that there's any kind of afterlife. Uh, but in the song, she says she hopes she's wrong because really she wants to be home. And and so uh, I'm reading Jaber Crow again by Wendell Berry, Mm -hmm. which is in a sense a story of... Also known as your jam. He's going (laughs) going this way to, to experience life, and then God brings him back home. And in the end, what we want is we want to be welcomed.
0: Jesse, our paradise has a father and a marriage feast. In a family that's made up of singles, people that have been through the sojourns of life, and we are welcomed home. It's not just paradise lost, it's place and belonging lost, and God is indeed bringing his kids home. Jesse, it's a pleasure always to be with you here on the Gospel Underground. It's a partnership that we do together. Review us on iTunes. Five stars are acceptable. Hey, if you're going to text us about how you like the episode, get on iTunes at the same moment. It's a reminder for you. Drop us five stars and a few sentences and paragraphs. Send your comments, feedback, questions you might have. Us take up here on the Underground. Send that to info at gospelunderground.org. If you want one of those vests, drop us an email at info at gospelunderground.org. We're a dialogue. Take place in the borderlands between the church and culture.
1: Hope to see you out there. Peace.